Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. If we haven't met before, my name is Scott Lackey. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're so grateful that you're here with us. And this is actually a, a great Sunday for you to be here because we aren't starting a new series this Sunday. I'm actually just going to be summarizing some of what God did last year. And then using that to cast vision of where we believe God is taking us this year as a church. So you're going to kind of get a a behind-the-scenes look of where we are going this year is New Story Church. And here's the great news. This year is New Story Church. And here's the great news. Every single one of you is invited to join us. Every single one of you is invited to be a part of what God is doing because we believe that Christ came and he gave his life for all people so that all people could experience new life in him. And we want you to be a part of the new life that he is bringing to our community and to our city. And we want you to be a part of what he's doing here in his church. So this is going to be a fun Sunday where we talk, like I said, a little bit about what God's done and what we believe he's going to be doing. And I'm just really, really looking forward to this. But some of you might be asking, because I've actually got this question quite a bit recently, and some of you, what I'm about to say, you're like, you say this all the time. How could somebody not know the answer to this? Well, some people, they're new, and some people just don't pay attention, so I have to repeat myself. But uh, but some, some people keep asking me, they say, hey, why does New Story Church exist? And it's simple. We as New Story Church exist because we want people to discover their new story. We want you to discover your new story. We recognize that every single person's life is telling a story. Every single person. And for many people, there's a disconnect between the story that their life is telling and the story that they want their life to tell. And in that disconnect, in that space, in that searching, I believe, we believe as a church that you can have a brand new story. And that new story that you can have is actually the story that you are intended to live in. It's the story that Christ has for you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. And we believe that when you embrace becoming a new creation in Christ, that he begins to write a new story in your life. And then when we come together as the church, we begin to write a new story together in our city and in our community. And last year, 2021, it was our first full year as a church. We started in uh, late 2020, and last year was our first full year from January to December. And we truly saw God write a new story and do some incredible things. Some of you have heard some of the things I'm about to share with you. Some of you haven't. And I just want to, for those of you who are part of this, I want to celebrate you. I want to say thank you for some of the things I'm about to share. And for those of you who are like, you're new, you can be a part of this. Like, I'm letting you know about this because we want you to join this. We want you to be a part of what God is doing here. So last year, it was our first full year as a church. On Sunday mornings, we had an average of 140 people here every single Sunday. For something brand new in the middle of a pandemic, that's amazing. That's awesome. We want to continue to grow that, and we want you to continue to bring friends and family and let more and more people know about how they can be a part of what God is doing at New Story Church. We had two worship nights last year, and at both of those worship nights, we were able to praise God and pray for other people, and it was just unbelievable. Last year at our Christmas Eve service, anybody at Christmas just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was awesome. We had 175 people here. It was great. We celebrated uh, the birth of Jesus together, you know, six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus, Ricky Bobby style. We celebrated. It was great. I'm kidding. Uh, If you're new, those are the kinds of things I say sometimes, so hopefully it doesn't bother you. But uh, so we we celebrated. It was great. Uh, Christmas Eve, and we we saw six 
people get baptized last year. We had a, a say yes to God season where we looked to raise $30,000 and we had a week left and we were at $13,000 and it was like, oh man, uh, I got to prepare people because uh, we may not hit this goal. And then in the last week, God provided because you said yes to God, because our church said yes to God. And instead of raising $30,000, we raised over $37,000, which meant we were able to give $2,000 to Eight Days of Hope and 2000 to the Sheridan Park Life Center. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for clapping, Mitch. Keep that up. But it was it was good. Like God has been so good to us, and and we were able to, as I've shared a bunch of times, sponsor 25 students at Holmes Elementary School, uh, which is an elementary school very close to us, and for Christmas gifts. And we got a letter from guidance counselor at Holmes Elementary, Emily West, and I wanted to share this with you. She said, New Story Church, we cannot begin to thank you enough for your amazing donations during this holiday season. Your generosity blew us away. Thank you for reaching out to us and considering Holmes Elementary. We were able to assist 74 children this year with gifts. We hope you all have a wonderful holiday and a peaceful new year. They just said 74 students. We, we took care of 25 of those. That means we did, I think my math's right, about one-third. Unbelievable. You know what I think we should do in 2022? I think we should sign up for all 74. I think as a church, like when, when Christmas comes around, we got to sign up for all 74 because we are a church that says yes to God. We are a church that is writing a new story. And I just wanted to celebrate you and say th- I'm thankful for each and every one of you. And it is a privilege to be the pastor of this church. It's so cool when I'm with other pastors and talking with them. You know, some people talk about, you know, they have the biggest church of this and that. And I want us to continue to grow. Don't get me wrong. But I can brag about we have a church that's involved. We have a church that is generous. We have a church that sacrificially goes above and beyond, and that's because of you. And it, it is a privilege to be the pastor of this church. So thank you so much. And 2021 was great. And now I'm really, really pumped for what's coming up in 2022. So one of the things that we do here is we get a word for the year. And I challenge, I challenge every one of you, get a word for the year for yourself, because that'll give your year direction. But also we as a church, we choose a word for the year. Now, is anybody here Remember the word for the year from last year. Anybody? Somebody at the nine o'clock, no, two people at the nine o'clock did. I was very impressed. I'm going to put myself out here for just a moment, and I'm going to invite somebody to shout the word of the year from last year at the count of three. And if nobody shouts it, I'm going to, I'm going to be very embarrassed. Like I, I'm putting myself out there right now, but I'm going to see if anybody remembers the word of the year from last year. And if you don't, it's on me. I should have reminded you more often. That's my fault. But on the count of three, if anybody wants to give this a shot, remember, don't say Jesus. I know that's the answer for everything, but that was not the word for the year last year. So on the count of three, if you know the word for the year from 2021, I want you to shout it out. One, two, three. Grow. There it is. Grow. Somebody knew. Yes. Yes. Okay. Grow. Grow was our word last year. And as you can see from all the stuff that I was able, I was able to share, there was even more that God did last year. We truly saw growth here at New Story Church. We saw people grow within the church. We saw God grow the church and we were blown away by that. So now it is time for the word of the year in 2022. Does anybody want to do a drum roll for the word of the year? I mean, anybody? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I know we're all so pumped for this right now. You've been 
waiting for this all morning. The word for the year at New Story Church in 2022 is focus. This is our word for the year this year. We are going to be focused as a church this year because it is good to have growth and we want to continue on a trajectory of growth. But growth without focus can become chaos. Have you, you know what I mean? Like we don't want to, oh, growth, growth we're growing here. Growth. Okay, we want to be focused, focused in our growth. And so what I'm going to do over the next few moments here is share with you four different ways that we plan to focus this year. And as we look at this concept of focus and what it means for us to focus as a church, I believe that there's individual application for this for you, but there's also going to be a collective application for us as a church. And we're going to be looking at different concepts from Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount that he gave in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is like his longest sermon. It's a great sermon. It's beautiful. We're actually going to do a deep dive into this sermon later this year. We're going to do a series called The Goat, which means the greatest of all time, because we believe that if Jesus gave a sermon, it was probably the greatest of all time because he's Jesus. But we're going to give an overview today of some of the Sermon on the Mount so that we can see what it means for us to be focused this year as a church. So the first thing is this. This is going to be mind-boggling to you. We are going to focus on Jesus. This is what we are going to focus on above all else as a church. Our focus is on Jesus. My prayer is that we as a church, we become so confident in the way of following Jesus that we would be able to make the statement that Paul made in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. I want us to be focused on following Jesus. You know, it, it's funny, somebody brought this up in a, in a podcast I was listening to recently, and then as I began to think about it, I was like, this is true. I've noticed that in today's world, if you tell somebody that you're a Christian, or if you tell somebody that you go to church, they don't really ask you about Jesus. They're more concerned about your opinion on certain political or social issues. They'll ask, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I want us to regain our identity as the church, where yes, we're at times when we speak into certain issues, and there are times when that's necessary, we need to do that, but I want us to regain our identity as being primarily known as people who focus on and follow Jesus above all else. That is our priority. We follow Jesus. We are focused on Jesus. And yes, that means we speak into certain things, but above all else, our focus is on following him. Jesus said this in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Now, when Jesus makes that statement in Matthew 6, he's in the middle of a section where he's talking about worry. And the immediate application of that passage is almost like Jesus is saying, hey, if you seek me first, the worries of this world will begin to fade away. But he also adds on an interesting part of the statement. He says, all of these things will be added to you. You see, I believe that Matthew 6.33, it's the glue that holds the entire sermon together. Matthew 6.33 is, is where Jesus is saying, this is my main point. This is the main idea that when you seek God's kingdom first, all of these things, what is all of these things? All of these things is the type of life that Jesus is envisioning for us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That when we seek his kingdom first, we will begin to be salt and light as he talks about in Matthew 5. As we begin to seek his kingdom first, we will become the kind of people that pray the Lord's prayer, that God's kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as in heaven. That when we seek his kingdom first, all of these things, our house will be built on the rock as he talks about in Matthew 7. That when we seek his kingdom first, we will begin to become the type of people that he has in mind. 
And so my prayer and desire is that you would focus on Jesus above all else, that we as a church would focus on Jesus above all else. And we are committed to that this year. We're committed to it every year, but we are really diving into it this year. In fact, our first three series this year are going to be on different aspects of the Trinity. So starting next week, we are starting a series called The Father. In January, we're doing a series called This is the Way, which is on the way of Jesus. But for all my Mandalorian friends out there, you saw what I did. And then in in March, we're doing, I almost called the Father series, I Am Your Father. But I was like, okay, we we can't go too far with this. Um, And uh, (laughs) I really did. I was really tempted. Um, And then January, I mean, March, 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 the series is called The Spirit Within. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Why are we doing that? Well, Jesus said, uh, I and the Father are one. So it's important that we know who God the Father is. We're focusing on Jesus. And of course, we got to do a series on Jesus. And then the Spirit, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will remind us of who Christ is. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus was actually full of the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean for us to be full of the Holy Spirit? And we have to talk about these things. The February series on Jesus, everyone in church, oh yeah, we're all good with Jesus. But I've, I've, I've received a lot of questions about both the Father and the Holy Spirit, and so we want to gain some clarity on some things. In week two and three of our series on the Father, we're going to talk about, week one's going to be really fun, but week two and three, we're going to talk about the, the violent portrayals of God in the Old Testament, because I've received a lot of questions about this. I, this is what comes up in conversations with me. People, you, some of you start reading your one-year Bible, and you get to this, you're like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of blood in here right now, and God, God commanded this? What is going on in this story right now? I've had people say to me, why is God so violent and angry in the Old Testament? But when you get to Jesus, he's like, hey, lay down your life for your enemies. Like, what is, what is happening here? And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to have a conversation about that. And I, and I, I will say this, I've done more, because I, I started asking questions, I've done more reading for this upcoming series than I've done for any other series in the past. I, I read a 1,300-page book. I didn't even think I could do it, but I did it. I figured it out. I did a lot, I did a lot of reading for this series. It's going to be a fun one. And we got the series on Jesus. That'll be good. We all love Jesus. You know, he's the man. And then we got the series on the Holy Spirit. And we got to talk about the Holy Spirit because we have a lot of people here from different backgrounds. We've got people here from Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, non-denominational, no church at all. Who is the Holy Spirit? And And... What, what does it mean to fo- follow the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to have spiritual gifts? And so we're going to cover all of this because we are focused on following Jesus. And so we want to know all parts of the Trinity and what it means to truly focus on and follow Jesus. Some of you, I would challenge you to do this, sh- this year if you really want to focus on Jesus. Some of you have started you know, your, your Bible reading plan for the year, and that's a great thing. And if that's how you dig into the Word, keep going for it. But some of you, I would challenge you to do this. This is what I'm going to do this year. Just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over and over and over again. And study the life of Jesus. How did Jesus interact with different people? How did, how did Jesus phrase this or that? or do How did Jesus live life? Dig into the Gospels this year and focus on Jesus. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I determined to know nothing among you Paul, I mean, you got to know some other stuff. No, I know nothing but Christ crucified because in Christ is the fullness of life. In Christ, there's the abundance of knowledge. In Christ, there's every spiritual blessing. And so we are going to choose to know nothing but Christ crucified. That is our focus this year. And here's the other focuses that will begin to come into place as we focus on Jesus. We're going to focus on church. 
We've talked about this many times, and I'll say it over and over again. The church is not a building. The church is the people. So when we focus on church, we're actually talking about focusing on one another and growing together. And we are going to focus on church this year. I want you to, to challenge you to focus on church this year. What does it mean to invest and to give and to grow within the church and be focused on church? Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When I was younger and I used to read this verse, I used to think, oh man, Jesus, you know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying, get a nice car, but not too nice of a car. You know, get something nice so you can keep yourself and your wife and your family safe in, but don't get something too nice because you don't want to store up treasures on earth. You know, you get yourself a nice house one day, make sure you have air conditioning and everything, but don't get too nice of a house because you know, you don't want to store up treasures on earth. I'd be like, I would get paranoid. I'd be like, okay, can I buy that? Can I not get that? Because I don't want to store them up. It, no, Jesus is talking about the state of our heart, not allowing us to be wrapped up in a materialism. He's not talking about, you can get that one, but not that one, you know? And, and sometimes we get, when we get wrapped up in the teachings of Jesus, we get so focused on what Jesus says not to do that we miss out on what Jesus says to do. There's, yes, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. Don't, don't live for that which is temporary. Don't live for that which is just self-indulgence. But he also gives us the permission to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. He gives us permission to invest in that which is eternal. And I believe that when we focus on church and we work within the church, that we are working towards and with something that is eternal. That the church is the vehicle by which God's kingdom is coming on earth as it is in heaven. That we are fulfilling in and living in the reality of that prayer. That we are storing up treasures in heaven. So how can you focus on church this year? We refuse some ways. Keep coming on Sundays. We love having you here. Keep coming Sundays and bring other people with you. This is not just, oh, let's come and listen to a message from Scott, even though you do have to do that while you're here. Uh, gathering with church is gathering with other people to encourage one another and to grow together and be connected. You can focus on church by joining our story team. We would love to have you be a part of our production team or our security team or our, or our, uh, or our children's team or somewhere or a greeting team. We could use some help actually on our setup and teardown team. Focus on making an eternal investment. You could focus on church by giving financially if you're, if you're able to do that. God's been incredibly good to us as a church, like beyond blessed. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, we're struck, but God's been so good to us. But, but we do believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so, so we, we ask, hey, would you consider or pray about giving to New Story Church? I know for me, I just set, go online, newstorybuffalo.com. I set up automatic giving and it just comes out every month or else I would forget about it. But, but you, you can invest in that way because the church is not just a place that we come to take from. It's also a place we invest in because we are investing in an eternal work. Or you could, our, our story groups, we, we want to continue to expand those. They're kind of closed, right? They're kind of maxed out right now. We're looking to get more, but we believe it's important to be in in. in relationship with other people, having eternal type of conversations that make a difference, that we would invest in eternity, that we wouldn't just live for the temporary, but we would live for the eternal. And when we focus on the work of the church, the labor that is not in vain, we are participating in an eternal work. The late Dallas Willard said it this way. He said, so the wisdom of Jesus is that we should lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where forces of nature and human evil cannot harm what we treasure 
That is to say, direct your actions towards making a difference in the realm of spiritual substance sustained and governed by God. Invest your life in what God is doing, which cannot be lost. I want all of us to live a life that cannot be lost. Live a life that cannot and will not be lost to invest in eternity. I had somebody come up to me a couple weeks ago. He said, hey, uh, uh, you know, I just started coming to your story. You know, he's been here a couple months. He's like, I, I knew, I, he said, I'm ready to get in. He goes, I want to start discipling people. I said, yes, that's what we're looking for. How can we give? How can we invest? How can we grow together and focus on that which is eternal? Focus on church. And this one really has to do with focus on church as well, but it expands it beyond, beyond the, the concept of church, and it's to focus on people. To focus on people. If we are focusing on Jesus, the type of life that Jesus lived was always about others. Others first, others first. Take up your cross and follow me. Love others as I have loved you. The way of Jesus is to focus on other people and to live a life that when you're interacting with others, it ultimately points to him. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter five, towards the beginning of his sermon. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We all have a light to shine, and the light is not meant to direct to ourselves. The light is meant to direct towards him. We are the light of the world. What does light do? Light brings hope. Light brings clarity. Light brings direction. Church, I want us to reclaim our vocation. I want us to reclaim our responsibility in the surrounding society and stop being known as the people who are the judge and jury of the world, but instead be the light of the world. That people would stop, oh, here comes the oh, church. Oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? No, we, 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 would, we would not be marked out and known as the people who are always trying to correct everybody or tell everybody what to do or why we're right and everybody else is wrong. The way of Jesus is not to be the judge and jury of the world. The way of Jesus is to be the light of the world. And I pray that as a church this year, that we would be focused on other people. And in doing that, our light would point to him. It wouldn't point to ourselves. And in being the light of the world, we would point others to focusing on Jesus. By focusing on other people with the light that we have been given, we will eventually shine a light on Christ. That we do not exist for ourselves. The church is not a country club for ourselves, but we exist for the world. We exist for those around us to constantly lay down our preference for the sake of others. That's who we are to be as the church, to focus on other people. How can we better love people? How can we better serve people? How can we better shine a light for other people? These are questions I have to ask myself. It's so easy to get selfish and just, I got to take care of me and take care of this and control my schedule and do this. And how can I lay down my preference? How can I lay down my life to focus on others and to take up our role and responsibility as the light of the world? And lastly, focus on yourself. This one should come last in the priority list, but also it's what will fall into place. As you focus on Jesus and focus on church and you focus on other people, you will begin to notice that you are becoming a different kind of person. One of my favorite questions to ask in our sermon series throughout 2021 was this, who am I becoming? To constantly ask yourself that question, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? When you look at the motives of your heart, 
and your daily actions, who are you becoming? When you look at the way in which you treat others and engage with others, who are you becoming? When you look at the content that you are constantly taking in, who are you becoming? Who am I becoming? When we focus on Jesus and focus on church and focus on others, we will start to become the kind of people that God desires for us to be. And so my prayer is that you would focus on, focus on yourself in the sense that you would focus on those things first and become who it is that Christ has designed you to be. It's not always easy. Sometimes he's got to get rid of some things, but he's also showing you who it is that you can exist as as you become the fullness of who it is that he's called you to be. So here's how we're going to focus and start our year off with focus in these areas and focusing on ourselves, which is ultimately focusing on Jesus. Jesus said this, He talks about something called fasting. He said, whenever you fast, some of your translations say when you fast. There's an assumption there that you will fast, that those who follow Jesus will fast, that I will fast. He says, whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast... Anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, maybe I just grew up around some weird people every once in a while, but sometimes I'd be around some of those people who were fasting and they wanted you to know that they were fasting. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, just oh, going through a season of fasting right now. They don't even do it with fasting. Sometimes people, you know, oh, just following God right now. You know, things are so tough and following. It's like, okay, would you just, would you just stop right now? This is self-righteous, like, garbage. Like, I, I can't handle any of it. I'm just fat. You know, I'm just, I'm so weak. I'm fasting before the Lord right now. Oh, good for you. You know, Jesus said, don't be that kind of person when you're fasting. Jesus said, don't be that kind of person who draws all the attention to yourself. That's not what fasting is for. Fasting is meant to point to him. Jesus said, actually, the best type of fasting is to not let anybody even know that you're doing it. And so we're going to go into a season of prayer and fasting, but I want it to be a season of pure motives. I want it to be a season of, okay, we're not doing this to show off any self We're doing this for, drawing, for the purpose of drawing closer to Christ. A simple definition of fasting would be this, is to deny yourself of something, to deny yourself of something for the purpose of growing closer to Jesus. Maybe for us, we could say it's denying yourself of something for the purpose of focusing on Jesus. And in that, you're focusing on yourself and becoming who it is that he's called you to be. And so starting next Sunday, January 9th, we are going to have our first day of a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. We are going to do this together, and I want to invite you to join. If you don't participate, don't worry. Nobody's going to be like, oh my gosh. But I want to invite you to join us in a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, typically, traditionally speaking, when, when, when we fast from stuff, people say, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to fast from a certain type of food and, or, or whatever. And that's typically what I do. That's the type of fast that I do. But I recognize that that doesn't necessarily work for everybody for various different reasons. And so maybe for you, you can fast Netflix. Or maybe you can fast Instagram. Maybe you could fast something food or drink related. Like maybe you fast coffee for 21 days and you endure a strict, a very severe headache for 21. I don't, I don't know. But, but find something that you say, I'm going to take something that I usually fill my time with. I'm going to deny myself of that. And when I deny myself of that, in those moments, I'm going to spend that time focusing on Jesus. I'm going to read scripture. I'm going to pray. 
We are actually going to provide a scripture reading plan. We're going to do 21 days, 21 days through the gospel of John because it's 21 chapters. And also that's the, that's the book where Jesus says, hey, I and the Father are one and we're the seers and the Father. So it all comes together beautifully. But in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I would ask between now and next week, you start asking God, hey God, what's something that I can fast from for 21 days? And make it something that it would mean something, that you would notice it. And then you can take that space to then focus on Jesus. Like I said, I, I typically do something with food and you say, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna eat, you know, maybe chicken, rice, and, and some vegetables and fruit for the next 21 days. And that'll be about it. I'll do something like that. But I, I, do, what, do whatever it is that God is leading you into. And some of you, it would be much, a, a much greater sacrifice to, to uh, put down the book of Boba Fett than it would be to, uh, to, to get rid of food. I don't know what it is for you. But, but what is it that you can fast for 21, deny yourself of, so that you can pursue and follow Christ and focus on Jesus? What is it that you're going to use in that space? And yes, this takes discipline. Yes, this takes effort. Yes, this might be a little bit uncomfortable. But I want to close this today with these words from Paul, where he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? We have to get outside out of our heads. We viewed the Christian life as, I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. We're not trying, we are training. We're in a training. We're in a marathon. We're constantly training and being changed. When we have this, I'm trying, I'm failing, I'm trying, I'm failing, that develops a legalistic view of how God works. But when we say, hey, we're training, and sometimes, yeah, I end up falling down, but he gets me back up and we keep going. We are training. We are running in a race. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Some translations, can you go back that for just a moment say, therefore they do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. We are working for that which is eternal. He said, therefore I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. We are not going to be a group of people who are just hitting at the air. We are not going to be a group of people who are just moving around aimlessly without direction, but we are going to be focused. I've used this quote here a million times before, but it's so applicable to where we are right now. Many people end up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. Let's end up somewhere on purpose this year in 2022. Let's be focused. Let's not beat box at the air, but let's be focused and working towards the wreath that is imperishable. Be focused on the eternal. So what are we going to do, church? We are going to focus on Jesus. We are going to focus on church. We're going to focus on other people. And in that, we are focusing on ourselves and we're becoming more and more like Jesus and experiencing the new story and the full and the abundant life that Christ has in store for us. If you would, please bow your heads and join me for prayer in this moment. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life so that we could have life, that you've shown us the way to life. And I pray that all of us would embrace what it means to seek you first then all of these things will be added to us. May we seek you and your kingdom above all else. May you be our heart's desire above all else, Christ, so that we can become who it is that you've called us to be. In your name I pray.